This is reposted. Every morning, Larry and I dig into a quote or idea that has caught our eye. Our hope is that our chat inspires you to never stop thinking and possibly challenges you in a new way. If you'd like to help support the show, please visit patreon.com slash reposted. Thank you for stopping by. Robin Stevens is a racewalker that competes on the highest level currently at the 20,000K racewalk and is currently training for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. I said that right. They're still calling it 2020. Most recently went to the World Championships in Qatar to represent Team USA. And to get us started, I want to start with a quote from a piece that you wrote titled A Shade of Gold. And you said, each ripple beautiful because experience assures and has shown us that ripples eventually smooth. I really like that. Um, it's really well said. I think it's interesting. You stopped competing in 2014, but made a comeback. So like you've had an interesting journey, but like, what do you, what does that, what does that mean to you? Well, the, when I wrote that, um, what I, what I meant is there's a lot of challenges that are going to come in life. And, uh, I was just thinking at that time when I wrote it, that was about two or three years ago. Uh, I have been going through some added challenges uh, with the coaching experience and um, was imagining myself when I was a little girl and when I would try to skip rocks and I would watch the ripples and and then I was trying to have empathy with the the pond that I was imagining and thinking well I was skipping the rocks trying to create this beauty where the pond was probably surprised by it and it's causing this upheaval and maybe the fishes underneath are scurrying away and because they don't know what just happened and then they look up and they just see these beautiful ripples and then it smooths again and everything's okay and uh, that's pretty much how I go through life is thinking that every challenge that um, I've had is for a reason and to find the beauty in that because there's beauty in every challenge, there's advantages and strength building opportunities for every challenge. And um, so it's gonna smooth and uh, make sense. So by smoothing, it's gonna make sense. And (laughs) because that's pretty much how my life has been, my life journey and trajectory has been going. You know, there's no right path for everything. you just go with it. <laughs> in, that, in that same piece, you talk about a race that you're going to compete in, and you say, the race would become a full test of my intrinsic belief in my abilities. Is that how you approach races and that you're not necessarily going against other people, that it's always about yourself more than it is competing against a person? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, the, I'm always curious on what, I, what my best is. Uh, everybody is capable of amazing things and I'm curious what my ability is so uh, when I'm out there and in any endeavor that I am whether it's competing um, a job endeavor a project that I've taken on um, I just want to see what the best I can do and and navigate um, everything that I can like what what kind of skills can I develop what what what's the best that I can do yeah. So Larry and I have been following the Tokyo Olympics. You've probably been following, well, you've been following it a lot more closely. Like, what has it been like? Like we thought it was going to be last year. Now it's this year without fans. And if there's another spike, it's going to get called off altogether. But like, what is, what's going on from your perspective? Uh, So Japan's doing the best that they can to make sure that they're still going to be able to host it and safely for everybody. Um, The... From my perspective, I'm just training as if, 
you know, everything's, I'm, I'm trusting that they're doing what they can, everything, you know, control the controllables. And I believe that everybody in Japan are trying to do everything they can to make sure everything's going to be safe and for the athletes and everybody in that community over there. And I'm doing everything that I can. Uh, it's going to be a little bit uh, different. I'm a little nervous. Uh, I want to make sure I make the team first. It's not confirmed until June 26. <laughs> uh, but getting on that plane, um, I'm hoping Nick Christie, my, my boyfriend's also a race walker, um, will be able to pull off making the team as well so that we can at least be on that plane together and on that starting line. And um, because usually my family meets up with me or every time we, we leave country, I'll race and then we'll spend a week traveling the country uh, together. So it's going to be a little bit different because this journey has been a long one started in 1998-1997 with my parents and I would love for them to be there and uh, um, unfortunately they can't because they're not allowing spectators from out of country. Um, so uh, it's just trying to make the best the best of at, at, you know what what's there and I'm just grateful for any opportunity that's available in whatever form that's safest for everyone. So the journey for you has been long. Your races are long to begin with. Your training for an Olympics, a worldwide pandemic happens. How did that change your perspective of training and, and maybe just life? Uh, not much has really, really changed as far as COVID. No, just, um, just in terms of like your, you set a date when you think you're going to be in the Olympics and it kind of gets pulled out from underneath you, then how do you recalibrate? Uh, it doesn't really feel like I'm, I'm recalibrating um, much because I just feel like I'm constantly recalibrating, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, I don't really do things in a sequential order or, um, you know, like I have my own plan and I think that kind of fits with distance uh, athletics um, in that uh, I do what works for me and whatever works for me within the context of what's working for everyone. I don't know. I, I mean, 2004 was my first Olympic trials and I got injured and I had to recalibrate from there. Um, I got an eating disorder and was injured and kind of had to just change my entire focus in life and walk away from training, walk away from sport entirely. I wasn't even watching sport. I was so busy in the office, go into the office and, and get used to that life. So that life was a little bit different when I'm used to being outdoors training for hours. And now I'm in an office for hours or standing on my feet for hours. And, um, you know, that was an exciting time. And then each time that I, you know, like I had to move around a lot. So I'm, you know, I went to Wisconsin and then I'm back and I'm in San Jose, which is very different from Vacaville, which is where I grew up. And then, you know, like I've, I've been living a long time in Tehachapi. So like, there's very different environments that I'm just constantly recalibrating to. Um, growing up, my family, half of them live in, you know, most of them live in Utah or Arizona or California. So we're constantly moving around. My, my parents would drive us all over the United States, just camping and visiting family. So just in my head growing up, it was like, oh, okay, I don't like saying goodbye or like moving on from something as a little kid. So uh, every time I had to leave a loved one or a place, I would just tell myself, well, you know, every day is a new day. This is a new moment. And I'd recalibrate then. Um, so that uh, pretty much helped me through 2004. And then in 2014, um, March 8th, I hit my head, got um, uh, 
minor concussion for four months. <laughs> uh, so I had migraines for four months and that's what returned me to this. And um, I had no plans to return to athletics at all. Uh, I was doing um, commercial modeling and freelance work and enjoyed my work. Uh, and then working for a financial firm, enjoyed my, my boss was amazing, uh, mentored me there. So I was pretty much, you know, focused on finishing my, um, my CFP to become a financial um, planner and uh, just didn't even, just didn't even plan on returning to this. And then, um, but I started getting aches and pains and my, I asked my doctor what I could do, went into race walking still up until 2016 trials. I was still thinking I'm just doing this for fitness and trials just happened to work out that I qualified for. Um, but, uh, but after that, I got injured right before and I still want, you know, I could have placed top three if I wasn't injured, but I got injured right before again. And it was just like 2004, uh, like a month before trials again in 2016, a month before trials. So I was like, okay, in 2004, they kept me on the sidelines. Um, 2016, I'm thinking, okay, I'm getting older. I, I don't know how much time I have left. Nobody does. So I'm just going to get an author, a doctor's authorization and just race. I just want to race. Um, so that was my goal. And I just raced even though I was injured and um, finished that. And then I decided, I was talking to my boss, the financial firm, um, Ron Peterson. And he was like, you know, you should just uh, finish out the tax season this year and then focus the next four years on 2020. And, uh, and I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, like I, I, I really enjoy doing this, but I need financial security and stability and race walkers don't make much, but he's like, but you have the talent and, um, and you're not, you know, like you can't just, I was squeezing in training within an hour's lunch and then not taking lunch, you know, so I was just squeezing in the hour. So that means no warm up, no cool down. I'm not getting my stretching done. Um, sometimes if I couldn't fit it, fit it into lunch, I would do it at midnight. Um, so I'm like just fitting it in. He's like, you know, you know, that you're not giving your body that full benefit of what your potential is. So he's like, so just take some four years where you're just focusing entirely on this journey and, and finish it. Cause you have, you have an unfinished business. And I was like, yeah, I feel like I do. And I, you know, I compare, I, I just, I want to see my parents. I want my parents to see me finish this story. And I want to see myself finish this because obviously I feel like things happen for a reason and it brought me back. And, you know, here I am on that uh, in 2016, I'm on that starting line and I felt so strong. And the only thing keeping me back is this taped up calf. And uh, so I th thought I owe it to my body. Cause when I walked away and when I came back, my oath was I'm going to be doing this for health entirely. And um, so I might as well just um, finish this, but finish it healthily and um, restored. So, so then I, I walked away from the office and that's what I've been doing for the last five years now because of the delay uh, with COVID and um, yeah. like <laughs> That's a crazy journey. Well, before we get you out of here, I saw on your uh, Team USA profile that you own at least 53 wigs. Can you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm not very good at doing my own hair. <laughs> and before I returned to athletics, 
I was doing a lot of commercial modeling and, and working with um, photographers, hairstyle. I love doing productions. I, I love any part of it. I, you know, lighting, I'll, I'll assist with lighting. If anyone needs a second photographer, I help with that. Um, I love dress, since I was a little girl, I've, I've collected dress up items and I like dressing up uh, just how I feel or my mood or like my body is my canvas and I'm just gonna, this is how I feel. So um, I would just do that. And in 2012, um, one of the photographers that worked for a company I was working for went on my Facebook and noticed an outfit I was wearing for a concert I went to. Um, I had gone to an Avicii concert with my then boyfriend at the time. And anytime I go out, I like to dress in the theme for it, or especially around that time, I was just like coming up with different themes to dress up as just on any random day. And so I decided to be the Dinah Kitty. Um, so from Alice in Wonderland, the Dinah Cat. And I had put this together and had a white wig on and she loved it. So she asked me to come to Not So Silent Night for Live 105, which is a big concert series. And I would be their, their model basically that would, the artist that would approach the other musicians um, so that they could feel comfortable for photographs and and stuff like that, you know, so she's telling me this and I grew up, my, my, my whole family is big into music. And um, so I'm like, yeah, I'd love to help. Um, so she wanted me to wear that outfit. Uh, so I wore that outfit and, you know, then she invited me to another event that she was doing and she's like, dress up, whatever you want. So um, I just, it was a lot of fun, but for all these events, I don't like to wear the same thing. So I would come up with different things, but I'm not going to wear the same wig because then it's like wearing the same hairstyle. So, so I just started collecting for each event that I would work. I would just started collecting various wigs just in case. And then sometimes I would get a call. So other because then through that, I started working with other photographers and they would just call me. Um, one of the, the benefits is I would be ready. So if they said, oh, I have this event at 6 p.m., would you be able to work all night or on this weekend? I'm like, yeah, what's the theme? What's the, you know, because one of the years it was Elvis themed and, you know, that was what BFD was, was Elvis. Another one was Hula or whatever, Hawaii. And and so I'd ask them, well, what's the theme or what's the band about? Or, or if they didn't tell me, I'd look it up and then I would try to come up with an outfit for it. And, uh, but my hair was always a problem because if it's last minute, I don't know how to do it. Or I just finished a workout or I've just been in the office all day. And so, um, I would just throw a wig on, uh, so that I could always style it a certain way. Like I had a beehive wig and I still have them, you know, they're at my dad's, um, in Tehachapi, but <laughs> yeah, that's a, I like that approach. I should start doing that. Well, yeah, Robin, <laughs> Robin, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be cheering you on. Hopefully, we will see you in Tokyo. If you want to follow her, she's on Instagram at Robin Design, R-O-B-Y-N Design. I'm Andrew for, and I'm Andrew for Larry and Robinson. Thanks for stopping by.